This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Also via X at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Hardesty for Dan Grasso. We've got Joe and Harvey along for the ride until 10 o'clock. Big Daddy tie again here on 98.7 ESPN at 10 o'clock tonight. Well, can I just, can I, Harvey, Joe, can I just reminisce for a second? Just, just, just for a second. Give me, give me, give me that reminiscing music. Last year, April, May, June, baseball in New York was the centerpiece of the major leagues. Yankees were rolling, record-setting pace. People talking about, are they? Is could they beat the '98 record? Mets. Rolling, everybody in love with Buck Showalter. Oh, look at the look at this team button up. Look at this team, crisp, clutch, got fight in them. They get down, but they're never out. Look at the pitching. Even though Degrom, look what Tyler McGill has brought to this team. Oh, look at what Aaron Judge has done. What the pace he's on for. He's going to hit home runs like this. Maybe we're talking a new home run leader in the American League for a single season record. Oh, the first half of last year was unbelievable. And then the Yankees woke up midway through the All-Star break. And the Mets woke up in Atlanta and never went back to sleep. And it brings us to this. (laughs) Game two of the Subway Series. Mets and Yankees. Mets win last night. And and if and if you're uh, you're bragging, if you're a Mets fan, you're bragging. You're bragging, right? Let me tell you. Here's what I was doing last night, Joe Leo, sweating here with Harvey. They were up seven two, and David Robertson had to come in to get the five out save. That oh, that, that tells you the condition of this bullpen. That, that's what it is. Alonzo hit two home runs last night. Vogelbach hit a home run last night. And the Yankee offense again, non-existent. I mean, you know this Yankee lineup is bad. You look at it tonight, IKF leading off. And Michael said it best on the Michael K show, he and Don today. And he started to show out, after killing Mike Tannenbaum, he started to show out just ripping the Yankee lineup. And how could you not? How could you not? And Yankee fans, you're like, Michael, we hear you. You're preaching to the choir. This Yankee lineup is awful. It's awful. But here's what's worse. The guys who you have, the bench guys, the backup guys who've been hitting for you, and you put them in, and now you find out, okay, they're hit no field. So... If they're not hitting and they're a liability in the field, that's a nightmare. Tonight, I don't know what to expect. I I don't know. It's either going to be 13-12 or 2-1. And I would lean more towards 13-12. You got Jose Quintana. That's going to be his second start. The first start was uh, all right. But, I mean, how do you grade it? It was his first start of the season. So, for him, he's, he's, he's pitching. It's April. Well, yeah, he went five innings, gave up six hits and three runs. No walks, three strikeouts. All right? 
Um, Rodon has had an issue. 14 innings, 12 hits, 11 strikeouts, 9 walks, and 4 home runs. He's been awful. But once again, it's early. He's just coming back. So this is a, this could be a very, very interesting game to see how these two teams are. And here's what's sad about this Subway Series. Okay? Because what w- what is the Subway Series actually? Right? It's it's bragging rights for which team? If the Mets win the Subway Series, it's bragging rights for the Mets fans. If the Yankees win the Subway Series, it's bragging rights for the Yankee fans. This year, <laughs> what? Can I be honest with you? Who cares? Who cares? Both these teams have been underwhelming this year. Both. For different reasons. Now, there are some similarities. Both lineups have been, eh. I mean, the Mets scored runs last night. It's like, save them. Because you don't normally score runs like this. So, once again, I don't know what to expect tonight. It should be an interesting situation with the Mets and Yankees. But, Joe Sherman in the New York Post put a smile on Harvey and Joe Leo's face when he said, Aaron Judge expected to be activated Friday. 99, baby. For the series opener in Baltimore. Oh, boy. And then pregame, Aaron Boone says, well, I don't know about that. (laughs) Come on, Skip. Come on, Skipper. Give them a give. Give the give the guys a break. Give them a break. The fans need something to. The, listen, not only the fans, the team needs something to be happy about. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being a Yankee hitter, and you find out that Aaron Judge is back in the lineup? Man, you're just like, it's gonna be a party. Oh, we oh we ready to go now. Oh, we're ready to roll. Oh, Aaron Judge, the big fella's back. Oh, we can do, we can now, now we can get going. And then you find out that nobody is going to pitch to Aaron Judge because of the people around him in the lineup. And then you just shake your head and say, well, I guess we're stuck with what we've got. Okay. The big questions, obviously, all of them, very simple. And we've gone over it a lot, gone over it a lot. And once again, Michael broke it down very well. It's the age on this team. And how do you make changes? Now, you know, I'm on record, and we get to the calls in a second. I'm on record as saying you can't just make one move. you got to make several moves because it's not just about you getting to the postseason this year, which is obviously important because you're two games out. It's not only getting to the postseason this year. It's also about making some changes for next season too. All right? You have to come up. There has to be a way for you to get this lineup going to the fact where you've got some youth that you can mix in here. Now, I don't know what they're going to do with Stanton. I don't know what they're going to do with DJ. I, I don't know. Okay, I don't know what they're going to do. Nobody wants Stanton. I mean, you know. Joe Leo and I watched him come around base the other night, and it was it was it was scary. It was scary. 
When he scored, they waved him in from first on the double. What are you doing? He almost didn't make it. And he collapsed at home plate. It's not good. So wh what are they going to do? How are they going to improve this team and get rid of the heavy contracts that they have left? That's going to be the challenge for the Yankees. But listen, for right now, here's what they have to do. They've got to keep treading water, keep finding a way to get some wins, and hopefully for them, they can get to the trade deadline and get a meaningful impact piece. And I understand on the outside what Yankee fans are saying, right? And I get, well, all right, so we get to the postseason. What are we going to be, one and done? What does that mean? What does that do? You want your management to do the best they can to get you into the postseason. Anything can happen in the postseason. Obviously, nobody's going to pick this as a World Series team. Come on, we get it. We understand it. But maybe they get hot, and you just don't know. Maybe the pitching staff gets rolling. Cortez comes back. Loisega comes back. You know, maybe things will change. And then, once again, you worry about next season after you see how far you go. But here's the thing. You cannot make the same mistakes this offseason that you made this past offseason. This coming offseason, you have to address the fact if there's holes on this team and they have to be filled. And you can't be fooling around with it. Well, maybe this is what... No, no. You got to make the moves. You got to do what's necessary. Like the discussion with Michael and Don about Juan Soto. If I'm a Yankee fan, I love Juan Soto. I wanted to get him last year before he got traded to San Diego. <laughs> if I'm a Yankee fan, I wanted him then. Hell, as a Met fan, I wanted him. So if, if there is a way, which I don't think there is, but if there's any way, you have to investigate it. If there's a way to bring him here, you got to bring him here. He's an impact player. And really, other than Judge, this team doesn't have him. This team does not have a consistent impact player. He upgrades you offensively and defensively. Quickly. And that's what you need. As far as the Mets are concerned, listen. You know where I stand. I'm giving them until the trade deadline to see if they can reach 500. If they can reach 500 by the trade deadline, then I will continue to ride with them with the hopes of making the postseason. Okay, I'm, I'm riding with them anyway. I'm riding with them anyway. But I have not closed the door on the postseason yet because I'm waiting to see what they do. Because they got a really good schedule up until the trade deadline. So if they can get to 500, that's in case you didn't know, if they can get to 500, then I believe they can make the postseason. If they can get to 500, then you, you, you're moderately buying moderately. Give me a relief pitcher. You know, maybe another bat you're moderately buying. If you can't get to 500, what's the point? Just sell. Sell. Sell what you can. 1-800-919-3776. i tell you what, we'll step away, come back, and take your calls next. It's Hardesty for Grasso on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Let's talk to you. Ira's in New York. Ira, you're up first on ESPN. Hey, Ira. Hi. Yes, hey, sir. Hey, what's going on? What's happening? 
Nothing much. Everything's good. Everything's good. I mean, you're starting with baseball, but I had to get to the Rogers contract. Okay. I tell you, it, it's amazing how this guy, <clears throat> every concern I had about this guy was, it, it's whatever you heard out of Green Bay, he's shown the complete opposite. I mean, to do a two-year deal and take a 30-plus million dollar hit, um, who knows if we're taking care of him on the side, but <laughs> at the end of the day, uh, you know, he's all in and and I, I tell you, you know, just watching this team, you know, for the last almost a week, you you kept on bringing up the defense. I, I talked to Bart and Allen about this afternoon. I think this defense has the makings to be something very, very special. I really mm-hmm. do. You could see it early on. Well, I'll say this, Ira. You're facing a very, very talented quarterback. And so facing him every day in practice is going to help you. I know that uh, there was uh, a quote in the paper today uh, saying that it doesn't help him because I can't get to the quarterback because he has to he gets to pass off too quick. Then yeah, that helps you too because that means you got to make an adjustment. You don't have time to do all these fancy moves or spin moves or stuff like that. Just do your job, put your head down, and go there and pressure the quarterback. That's what you have to do. So to me, even if he's not sitting back there waiting for you and allowing you to to uh, get him. Ira, thanks for the phone call. That's still good. You're still learning from him, and and he's still making you better. Now, Ritzamini will join us at uh, 8 o'clock, and, you know, once again, we had the story about Makai Becton yesterday that he did not look good, did not play today. So, you know, this is, you know, if you're a Jet fan, this is a concern. And, Ira, you're right. So far, Aaron Rodgers has been more than you could ask. He's been engaging. He's been around the town. He's been all over the place. He's been all over the place. Everywhere you go, he's been there. He's saying the right things at practice. For me. How will he respond when there is turbulence? That's all I'm saying. And I'm not saying he's, he's going to respond negatively. I just need to wait and see how he and Robert Sala and this young Jet team responds when they hit a bump or several bumps in the road. That's when I'll really get a good feel about this and what Aaron Rodgers brings and what and, and his leadership because that's when it'll be tested. You know, messing up in training camp or, you know, drop passes or it wasn't our day and the defense beat us and we're doing push-ups and stuff like that. I get it. That's what happens in training camps because usually the defense is ahead of the offense anyway. So that, you know, that's what happens. But when it's during the season and there's a bunch of offside penalties or some drop passes or stuff of that nature, how does he respond then? How does he respond if this team goes on a long losing streak, which I hope they don't. I hope they don't. But what happens if they, if they, if they get off to an 0-3 start? How is he going to respond to that? How is he going to deal with that? That's that's going to be the question. So we'll wait and see. But but you're right. For right now, he's been more than you can ask. More than you can ask. Spike's in St. Pete. What's up, Spike? 
Good evening. I love the 7 o'clock hour. It works better for me. Uh, now they do it in the Congress. They uh, give their time to the next person or they uh, save their – yeah, they yes. do that. They go, I, yes. yeah, I like to give it to Ira because, <laughs> it, it, you know, football's a short season, and, he's, and he basically is football only, which is fine. I hope he wins for Buddha, for Ira, for all the other Jets fans. I do. But, again, you, you hit the nail on the head. We know nothing about Aaron Rodgers except he has a great smile and he's a good practice player. Uh, the only thing I was told, listening a lot uh, to the football people, uh, his postseason record at home has been pretty poor. And uh, but listen, he's doing everything right. You know, one hit away from you know, does he have the right coach? You know what I'm saying? He yeah. can either get bad hit, and I don't know if he had the Giants coach. I think they'd feel a little better because he's already proven he could take a, a team. But we'll see. It remains to be seen. Football's real fast. It's 17 games. It goes really fast. And if you get off to a bad start, you you know I love it, Larry, when they go because we're basketball guys first. You know, and, and it's, it's 82 games. But if you go uh, two and five in the NFL, uh, you you got 11 percent chance. First of all, I never understood all that because the schedule changes by three or four games maximum every year, mm-hmm. and you match up against your division every year. So those games, you know, you know those teams inside out. It's just to me, I let them play. It's a lot of off-season stuff. I'm happy for the Jets fans, but they're going to hit a bump in the road. Yeah. You know, you know how nice Gordon puts it. What's Gordon's algorithm? Fifteen and two. Yeah. Yeah, well, okay. I know Gordon well enough to know where he's coming from because he's mm-hmm. a Miami guy. So mm-hmm. it's fun. It's fun, but I hope, I really hope. The Jets have waited the longer. I've been fortunate to see my Knicks team win two. Uh, you know, I was young, but I'll take one more before I, uh, you know, pack it in. But I'd love to see it for the Jets fans. I don't know. I don't know enough about football to understand the machinations of how you bring in an older quarterback who's sweet and seasoned and smooth as can be, and he assimilates to uh, going from the smallest market, I would guess, Green Bay's the smallest market in all sports, I think. Unless I'm wrong, I would guess that's the smallest market. So it's the biggest market. Yeah, one of them. It's got to be. What's smaller than Green Bay? Uh, I can't think of one off the top of my head. No, there there isn't any. There isn't any. So anyway, listen, on the Mets and the Yankees real fast, thanks for the time. Ira, good luck to you. Would you rather start strong both teams last year and finish like they did? No. The answer is no. So I hope you win tonight. I think the Yankees will be fine. And the line broke out of it last night. We'll see tonight. And I hope you get your six out of seven and your one or two games under a 500. And let's see if this guy gets some help in the bullpen. You know, that's all you can hope for. Listen, are you on tomorrow again at seven? Yes, sir. I'll be right here waiting for you, Spike. You, I'm always there for you. You know that. Take care, <laughs> Thanks for the phone call. 1-800-919-3776. I say this, Spike. Yankee fans do not agree. They are not okay. <laughs> they are not okay. Although they're starting out pretty good tonight. They're not okay. They're, so uh, let me ask you guys this, Harvey and Joe, before we go to break. Which is, which is more unsettling to you? IKF and left? Or Jeff McNeil in right? It's a good question. The fact that we got to think this hard tells you a lot. <laughs> it tells you a lot. 1-800-919-3776. More calls next on 98.7 ESPN. 
This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. So, ladies and gentlemen, before Stanton, well, midway through the Stanton at bat, Joe Leo whispers in my ear and he says, the Yankees will not score in this inning. They will not score. They have runners at first and third. One out. Stanton strikes out. Oh, it must have been a rising fastball because he was right on it. The ball went right over his bat. He swings and misses. And then Rizzo lines into a double play. I, So I guess, Joe, you're telling me it's going to be closer to the 2-1 than the 12-11. No, there's a lot of baseball to be played, but it's Absolutely. looking that way. Absolutely. But uh, it's a golden opportunity. And they just did this. And unfortunately, this has been, for the most part, what the Yankees have been offensively from the second half of last season through the postseason through this season. They've looked nothing like they did to open the season last year. Nothing. Richard's in Manhattan. What's up, Richard? Larry, the more yes. I think of what Saquon Barkley did, I'm really fascinated. And you know what I think? You know, the New York Giant organization, they've been around since the beginning of football, and this is all passed down to the family. I'm sure John Mara spoke to uh, Barkley and said, look, I don't want to go against my general manager. This is the way the game is. But, you know, we're going to work something. He's going to be repaid some way, in some form. That's how I believe. It may not be true. It may be just be all business. But I, I, you know, you look back to 1960 when Gifford got hit by Bednarik. He sat out the 61 season. There was no guarantee. And the Giants were great that year. And he had to come back uh, as a running, uh, as a wide receiver instead of a running back. He couldn't take the hits anymore because the Giants wouldn't part ways with him. You know, they could have let him go after that because who knew in those days, you know, with concussions, whether they'd come back. And that was, as you know, was some serious hit. He sat out the whole season. But the Giants just do, they know how to take care of their people. This guy, he's been a giant, a good giant. There's no way that Mara didn't interfere with something, but he probably couldn't do do it in a way that would be going against Dayball and uh, Shane, you know, about mm-hmm. the contract and how much they mm-hmm. were going to allow and the way that the game of football is going. I'm sure Mara said something, you know, and I just think it's it's a great story. I really do. And I think it's going to work out for Saquon. I really do. I think, you know, if there's calmer, if there's a higher force above, it's just going to work out for this guy. I've never seen it in sports. I've never seen it. And he's just got to keep a good attitude about it and not let it enter his play or anything and bring it up. Or If he just goes along, I think it's going to work out great for him. I really do. I really believe in karma, too, If you know, if, if that's possible. I just think... Maybe the guys will be watching him, that he won't get injured. He'll have a great season. Giants will realize they need him. Everyone says, oh, next year is going to be the same thing. This no, it ain't, because there's going to be, if he has a great season, which I think he will, and he thinks, I'm sure he will, uh, it's going to really only benefit him in the long run. I don't believe that the number of hits he takes is going to devalue him for the next season. The Giants want to keep this guy, just like the, in a different circumstance, the Yankees wanted Judge. Judge represented more. He represented the Yankees, the brand. I believe 
not as much with Saquon, but he represents the New York Giant brand, you know, just like Frank Gifford did. Now, Frank Gifford had a few more years when he got hit in 60 than Saquon has had with the Giants. But still, they want to take care of the guys that have been loyal to them. And, you know, it wasn't his fault that he's gotten injured when it happened. And I think, you know, in the circumstances with this NFL contract and the way the NFL wants to go with the passing game. So they know that. And I wouldn't be surprised if John Maris spoke to him and said, look, you just go along, we're going to, and he will. I'm sure they will. The Giants invented football. Larry, you know that. They were the first team, first ones that knew about revenue sharing and all. So these people, they know how to treat their people. And, you know, but of course, Shane and Dayball, these are the guys running the organization now, and they know the way the game is going. And you can't deny that. This is what the NFL wants. So I'm sure Mara had a talk with him. I'm not sure, but my feeling, and Saquon did it the right way. I'm just, I think it's a great story. I really, it's, it's, it's fascinated me, and I think it's so great. And it's just like Aaron Rodgers did to the Jets in that infusion, this bringing Saquon back, and it's really energized Giant fans. And I think, I think it's a great thing. Not almost as good as Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. So I think it's going to all work out great. It's a great story. I've never seen anything like it, really. I haven't, Larry. And, and I loved your point the other night when you said continuity. Just for continuity's sake, you have to keep... Right, you're going to have to pay running back anyway. You're going to have to have somebody there. You just can't go without running backs. I mean, <laughs> so I think what you brought up, Larry, was so important, too. But... I- I, I just that, hope Richard. it works out. Larry, run. always Thanks a pleasure. Call. So, several things, Richard. Um, first of all, I, I, I agree with part of what you said, but other, the other part of it, if we are to believe that he turned down, he being Saquon Barkley, turned down a two-year, $23 million guaranteed contract because he was trying to get a little bit more money, then, Richard, that's on him. I can't blame the Giants for that. The Giants gave him an offer. You're looking at the running back position. You yourself said, you know, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with turning down 10 million. People think, you know, that, that you know, with this economics, it's 10 million is a lot of money, so on and so forth, you know, to, to illustrate the type of person you are. That you're not a greedy guy. You're you're a guy. You're a humble guy. You're a guy who, because of the position you're playing, is really fighting to get a fair deal. Okay? That's what you're doing. You're fighting to get a fair deal. And if, once again, if we are to believe that you turned down a $23 million contract, guaranteed, $23 million guaranteed for 10. Now, Perhaps you're saying, okay, I think I can get more. Maybe I can get a three-year deal. Okay, so I don't want to take the two. Let me get the three. Maybe just, I don't know why, if indeed that happened, you turned that down. Because if you were going to turn that down, then the next part of that should have been your folks negotiating that we're not going to put the franchise tag on you next season. Because if you have a really good season, And Richard, if he has a really good season, here's what I know. The, you will be the running back position. You will be in, in the eyes of many around the NFL. You will be, your value will have dropped. 
especially if you go out and you meet those incentives. Okay, that's a lot of work. <laughs> that's a lot of receptions. It's a lot of touchdowns. That's a lot of running. I mean, that's what you did. You, you're similar to what you accumulated last season. And they will say, well, you know what? He had a great season. But I'm not going to give him, I don't think he can do that for another three years, maybe two, but three, he'll be approaching 30. Oh, no, we can't have a, a multi-year contract for a running back that hits 30. Oh, no, 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 we can't do that. Oh, no, 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 no. So that, that's where we are. And, yeah, maybe, maybe John Mara did have a conversation, but I will say this. What John Mara has done is he's made it very clear. Joe Shane is running my front office. He has my blessing to do what he thinks is right to run my football team. No interference, no Jerry Jones stuff going on here. And the one thing it appears, and once again, I'm not in the negotiations, I don't know. I'm looking at on this from the outside. The one thing that it looks to me is Shane says, here's what I got. Here's what we're willing to do. Take it or leave it. Now with Saquon, there was a back and forth. Uh, I don't know that he does back and forth with a lot of folks. Maybe that's where John Mara had the influence. Hey, give him another shot. Let's see what they come up with. Let's see, is there anything we can do? Maybe that's it. But it just appears to me that he is very clear on how he operates. This is my deal. Take it or leave it. Especially if you're a running back. Because the running back options are very limited in the National Football League contractually. It's crazy, but that's the way it is. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Honesty for Grasser on 98.7 ESPN. Rich Samini will join us at the top of the hour. We'll see what's cooking at Jets camp these days. Aside from the big news of uh, Aaron Rodgers renegotiating his deal. <laughs> Harvey, you're killing me. Give me that stat again. The ESPN stats Netflix group here at ESPN are, are awesome. So I just saw this here. According to ESPN's field Yates, Aaron Rodgers will have a cap hit of $8.8 million. Um, he who should not be named called Zach Wilson has a cap hit of $9.6 million. Unbelievable. He's making more than Aaron Rodgers. Unbelievable. Rodgers is a good dude. <laughs> Very generous. He's <laughs> a good dude. Ira, you're right. I guess he is. I guess he is. Oh, God. I thought it was going to be a catastrophe. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, And what I'm reacting to the replay, because I know everybody's ahead of me. I do. This is why Joe and Harvey, I get really concerned about Jeff McNeil in right field. 
Now, give him credit. He made the play. He came, he was playing deep. He ran in. He ran in. He ran in. He caught the ball. He tried to get the run out of the play. He slipped. I'm like, uh-oh, he's going to – and still caught the ball going while going to the turf. Got up and through, but couldn't get the runner out at home. So the Yankees have a 2 nothing lead. Um, because Alvarez was late with the tag. Yeah. I'm looking at the replay. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, he just slipped. He got home. So once again, for me with, with this Giants this giant season and what the Giants are doing and this whole thing with Seiko, and we'll talk more about the Giants and their training camp a little later in the in the evening. But what jumps out at you will be now how for me, now all eyes, this is clearly all eyes are on Daniel Jones now. Daniel Jones has become the story of this training camp. It's not about Saquon Barkley now. Not about him. He's in camp, whatever. We can have this conversation. It will, it will rain. You know, we won't be talking about it much more. Okay, we won't be. Uh, it, this is about Daniel Jones now. This is how does he look? This is uh, how does he work with his receivers? That's what this is about. Because he's the one that really has to take ownership of this offense. This offense now is only going to go as well or as poorly as Daniel Jones plays. And we'll see if Dable can continue to, you know, Put the put him put Jones in the right positions to make to be successful with being with upping the amount of touchdowns that they have. I mean, a quarterback with thirteen touchdowns, that's that's not really good production. It's not getting it done. You need more. You need more. So we'll see what happens. And of course, you're you're expecting that uh, you know. Darren Waller will be great for you. And that's what you're hoping. All right. And, of course, today they got uh, Andrew Thomas on the contract for five more seasons. So they're putting themselves. Here's what Joe Shane is doing. If you're important, I'm locking you up right now. (laughs) You know, if you're important, I'm locking you up. Matter of fact, let's hear from Joe Shane. We did not hear from Saquon Barkley today, but we did hear from the Giants general manager, and he shares with us how the deal with Saquon got done. You don't spend nine and a half months on this if you don't want to get something done. So as soon as the deadline passed, you know, I called his representative and said, okay, that's all in the past. There's nothing we can do about it. What we can focus on is how to get Saquon here on Tuesday. So that was our main focus for the rest of the time. And I commend, you know, Ed Berry and CAA and, you know, a lot of communication back and forth and phone calls and spitballing, you know, different ideas and just really excited and glad that we were able to get Saquon here. All right. Why not get a long-term deal done? We talked for over nine and a half months and we came to kind of a landing spot and they came to a landing spot and we couldn't bridge the gap. Like I said, that's okay. Like Saquon has to do what's best for him and his family. And I respect the hell out of Saquon. And I'm never going to tell somebody to do something that they don't think is right. So again, I respect Saquon. I admire him. I'm glad he's here. Again, we weren't able to get something done long-term, but he's here. And, you know, I'm again, fired up that he's going to be on the field today. 
Now, Chris Carlin, along with Chris Canty, were on Greeny this morning here on 98.7 ESPN. Here's what Carlin felt about Saquon's negotiating skills. Joe Shane and John Mara just played Saquon Barkley like an absolute fiddle on all of his emotions in wanting to still be here. If it was so important for him to continue to be a giant, why wouldn't he have signed the deal back during the season, which was for $12.5 million a year? Why wouldn't he have signed the deal a few weeks ago, which was for $12.5 a year, plus $22 million guaranteed? They can continue to tell you all they want about Saquon. You're the heart and soul of this team. You're the face of this franchise. We absolutely love you. Words mean absolutely nothing. You're right, Chris. Because they... They wanted him here. They wanted him to continue. They love him at their price. <laughs> they wanted him here at their price. And to them, this is a win. Not a win for Saquon, but it's definitely a win for the Giants because they didn't want to give him a multi-year deal. They didn't want to give him multiple, they didn't want to give him a lot of guaranteed money. And so, this is what they did. So they got him here. No distractions. Richard, continuities and continuities in, in continues. They got him. Everything is good. But we still have that question going forward. Has nothing to do, and this is all in the past now. Okay, but the question going forward is, when will? this disparity of how running backs are paid in the NFL, when will this change? Will it change? And I don't know that it will. As somebody pointed out, other than Debo Samuel, remember when we went from the fullback to the H-back, now we don't have Single back. <laughs> you got a better you got a better chance of seeing a offensive lineman in the backfield or defensive lineman in the backfield rather than a, a fullback or even an H back, other than Debo Samuel in Frisco. I'm serious. That's the way the league has gone. But once again, now the focus is on Daniel Jones. And Giant fans. I'm curious how you feel, but can do you have the confidence that Daniel Jones now can take another step? That he can get the ball down the field, minimal turnovers, but build some drives, get the ball down the field in the air. Do you believe that can happen? Can he consistently do that? That's going to be the question for this Giants team. In an interesting division where, and I heard what the, our guest, Leger Ducible, CBS NFL analyst, said last night about Washington's coming and Washington's going to be good. I, I, I get that. I still don't see them right now as being better than the Giants. Things may change, but right now I still don't see them being better than the Giants. I'm not sure, I'm not sure, you know, Dallas always keeps you around. 
Giants have trouble beating them. See, the, the, the problem with the division is the Giants have issues, and there's no knock against the Giants. They're really good teams, Dallas and Philly. So they, they have issues against those two teams. They've had trouble with them. So they have to find a way to at least split with them. They can't get swept by both those teams this year. They can't. And if the weapons are what we expect them to be, and if the defense is what we expect it to be, then don't you think at least they should be able to split with one, if not both of those teams this year? I mean, even if you win, even if you win at home, that I think is a major step. Major. And once again, it's not an easy schedule for the Giants. I get it. I get it. Not easy. This is going to be a challenge for them. Tommy's in Long Island. What's up, Tommy? You're next on 98.7. Yeah, how you doing, my friend? Uh, forget Good. about the Giants guys. Just Jets guys are a lot hot, harder. Can it I is. ask you about August 3rd and the Hall of Fame game? Are we going to see Aaron Rodgers play? What's no. your opinion? You think I don't we'll think see so, Tommy. No, I don't think so. Nah, not even for like a half a quarter? No, I don't think so, Tommy. Three snaps? I, I, would, no. I don't think so. I really, really don't. I don't think so. Uh-huh. I, mean, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, Tommy. Thanks for the phone call, but I, I don't I don't think you'll see him. I mean, what was the stat, guys? Aaron Rodgers hasn't played in the preseason game in what, three years? Four years? Something like that? Yeah, I think that's worked out for well for him, you know. Yeah. He doesn't play in the preseason. He doesn't play normally. I mean, I can't see him playing in the preseason. Now he might. He might. I just I, I think I think Tommy, when you sit down on August third or listen here on ninety eight seven ESPN to Bob and Marty with Dan and Greg with the pregame, you're gonna be watching Zach Wilson, my friend. <laughs> you're gonna be watching Zach Wilson behind center for those New York Jets. And a very and hopefully a very uh very active defense that's going to make get some turnovers for the Jet fans because that's what they need to take their next step to. But, Tommy, I will yield to you. I, I promise you, when we're joined by Rich Samini in a couple of minutes, I will double-check with Rich and see, but I am almost positive you will not see Aaron Rodgers in the Hall of Fame game. Go read a book, go do something. And doing something is what Zach Wilson will do. He'll be doing something on the field. September 11th, that's a different story. Against Buffalo, then you will see Aaron Rodgers. Not before then, I don't think. I would be very surprised. Very. The last thing you need, Tommy, is for something to happen to Aaron Rodgers in the Hall of Fame game, and he's out for the season. No, not good. 1-800-919-3776. On X at Hardest to ESPN at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Ritz is next on 98.7 ESPN.